Thank you for listening to this teaching from Kingdom Discipleship. In Romans chapter 14, the Apostle Paul declared, quote, Accept him whose faith is weak without passing judgment on disputable matters. As Christians, we need to be loving and graceful to our brothers and sisters who are weaker than us in certain aspects of their faith in Jesus. It is not for us to be judgmental or critical or condemning over things the Bible is not explicitly clear on. Let's open our Bible now to Romans chapter 14 that we might learn how to better relate to one another in Jesus Christ our Lord. Well, good evening and uh, welcome to uh, another teaching. It is a Tuesday evening here in Texas and uh, Stephen and I are here in the studio and uh, man, it's a beautiful Beautiful sunset happening outside and uh, just a good time to be loving on Jesus and spending time with Jesus, spending time in the word of God. So thank you, Lord Jesus. All right. Romans 14. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Three more chapters to go. And uh, by the mercy of our Lord Jesus, you know, we'll have uh, taught through the book of Romans. So thank you, Lord Jesus. It's been uh, there's no words for it. It's just been incredible. Just any time we're studying the Word of God, it's incredible. But just this book of Romans is, uh, you know, it's full. And so we just thank you, Lord Jesus. So, Lord willing, today we'll get through uh, Romans 14, verses 1 through 12. Pretty, pretty strong exhortations here and uh, extremely relevant exhortations in the current state of the church. So, Father, we thank you for your mercy, your favor, your goodness, and your grace on our lives. We thank you for your love. Father, we thank you for our Bible. We thank you for the scriptures. But above all, we thank you for Jesus, our only Lord and Savior and Master and King. Lord Jesus, we thank you for becoming a human man for us. We thank you for living a perfect, righteous life on our behalf that we could never live. We thank you for dying a torturous death on our behalf that we should have died. And we thank you that you're alive and risen today. And we worship you, Lord Jesus. Holy Spirit, we ask you to lead us and guide us now as we open your word. We ask you to give us eyes that see, ears that hear, and hearts that understand. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, amen and amen. <clears throat> All right. Thank you, Lord Jesus. All right. <clears throat> Romans 14, <clears throat> verses 1 to 12. Accept him whose faith is weak without passing judgment on disputable matters. One man's faith allows him to eat everything, but another man whose faith is weak eats only vegetables. The man who eats everything must not look down on him who does not, and the man who does not eat everything must not condemn the man who does, for God has accepted him. Who are you to judge someone else's servant? To his own master he stands or falls, and he will stand, for the Lord is able to make him stand. One man considers one day more sacred than another, Another man considers every day alike. Each one should be fully convinced in his own mind. He who regards one day as special does so to the Lord. He who eats meat eats to the Lord, for he gives thanks to God. And he who abstains does so to the Lord and gives thanks to God. For none of us lives to himself alone and none of us dies to himself alone. If we live, we live to the Lord. And if we die, we die to the Lord. So whether we live or die, we belong to the Lord. <clears throat> For this reason, Christ died and returned to life so that he might be the Lord of both the dead 
and the living <clears throat> and the living. You then, why do you judge your brother or why do you look down on your brother? For we will all stand before God's judgment seat. It is written, as surely as I live, says the Lord, every knee will bow before me. Every tongue will confess to God. So then each of us will give an account of himself to God. Wow. Thank you, Lord Jesus. All right. So good stuff here. All right. Just relationally on how we're to deal with our brothers and sisters in Christ that, that, that are in different denominations and that have different belief systems when it comes to what Paul calls disputable matters. Verse 1, accept him whose faith is weak without passing judgment on disputable matters. Okay, so what is a disputable matter? A disputable matter is something where, where the scripture does not explicitly make clear, you know, what we're to do or what we're to believe. Okay, um, and... Paul says to accept him whose faith is weak without passing judgment on disputable matters. So in our walk with Jesus, all of us are in a, in a different place. It begins with getting saved. It begins with receiving Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. It begins with trusting in Jesus, relying on him, putting our full confidence in Jesus alone and becoming a Christian. Okay, we become a Christian. We're forgiven of our sins. Um, we have eternal life, spiritual life, right? We become a new creation, right? We become spiritually alive. God the Father is now our heavenly Father, and we will ultimately go to heaven when we die. We've been delivered by our Lord Jesus Christ from the wrath of God and eternal hell. We're a Christian. That's the beginning. Now, all of us in the world who are Christians... Okay, we are all in varying and different maturity levels. Okay, we're all in different places in our walk with Jesus in, 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 and in our maturity in Jesus. <clears throat> and um, really, all of us are more mature in certain areas and certainly less mature in certain areas. I was thinking as I was preparing for this yesterday that, you know, the old saying, when you sit in a circle, you know, you can see everyone except yourself. So we all have we all have blind spots, right? Um, things about ourselves that 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 we don't see. And when Paul says, "Accept him whose faith is weak," without passing judgment on disputable matters, verse two: One man's faith allows him to eat everything, but another man whose faith is weak eats only vegetables. Okay, so what is Paul talking about here? Um, because Paul does say one who eats only vegetables has a weaker faith than someone who's willing to eat anything. So what this is speaking about is this is speaking about a believer who is saved. They've genuinely received Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, but yet their conscience still convicts them over eating certain foods. They haven't, the, they haven't received the full grace of God and the full freedom that we have in Jesus Christ to, to eat anything, to know that, that food is, is, is of no importance for religious reasons, okay? What we eat or what we don't eat is not any more pleasing to our Heavenly Father one way or another. They are still perhaps locked under the Old Testament laws, 
Um, you know, they're locked under kosher tradi- uh, traditions. Um, and again, it, it bothers them. They, they believe it's wrong to eat certain kinds of food. Okay. Now, Paul explicitly says that one man's faith allows him to eat everything. Verse two, but another man whose faith is weak eats only vegetables. So this does not mean that the, the, the man or the woman or the family or the church um, that eats only vegetables for religious reasons because they believe they're being more pleasing to Jesus by doing that. Um, this doesn't mean they're weak in every aspect of their faith. This doesn't mean that they're immature in, in every aspect of their faith. It simply means that they have not yet come into the full freedom of understanding and accepting the grace of God in Jesus Christ, which is to say it, it, all dietary restrictions have been eliminated. And I'm speaking for religious reasons here, okay? Um, you know, I have, uh, I have so many wonderful mothers in Christ that, you know, that, uh, uh, you know, that believe it's extremely important, you know, what we eat and we ought to eat better. We ought to eat healthy. And that is certainly and absolutely true. Now, they're not saying that for religious reasons. They're not saying that, to, you know, to say that, you know, it's sinful to, to eat certain foods. They're simply saying that to say that, you know, uh, to eat better, you know, we're going to live a, a more healthy you know, in productive and enjoyable life, just from a, a you know, a physical scientific standpoint, uh, your body is going to perform better and you're going to be better off if you eat a more healthy diet. Okay. But it has nothing to do with, you know, for religious reasons. Okay. Um, so accept him whose faith is weak without passing judgment on disputable matters. So in the church, again, those of us who've walked with Jesus longer, okay, ought to, you know, ought to be welcoming in those who haven't walked with Jesus, okay? So again, people have weaknesses or immaturities in their in their life. I certainly have them in mind. And our job as Christians is to grow in becoming more and more mature in every aspect of our lives, okay? But, you know, he's not saying that we accept sin. He's not saying that we don't make judgments on sinful behavior. He's saying that, that we're not being judgmental or critical. You know, number one, we ought to never be, right? We are called to make a judgment. The scripture is very clear on almost everything, but there are things that the scripture is not clear on, okay? He's using food here. What are some other disputable matters in the church? The type of music that we use, the day that we should have church. Okay, um, some people are convinced that God is more cl- is more pleased if you have church on Saturday. Um, some believe it, it's it's better to do it on Sunday because that's when Jesus was raised from the dead. Okay, uh, again, and Paul's going to get into this later. The one with the weaker faith is going to consider that man. I got to be locked into a certain day. Okay, um, but the one with the stronger faith knows that you know what every day belongs to Jesus, and there is literally no difference. Jesus is no more pleased, and you may have never heard this, but Jesus is no more pleased if you do church at you know on Sunday morning, on Saturday evening, or on on a Tuesday at one thirty in the afternoon. Okay, um, it's you know there 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 is no 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 better day to come together 
and worship Jesus because it's a physical day of the week. Okay. Um, and again, there is nothing better, you know, when it comes to food. There's certainly things that are more healthy, and there's no doubt about that. But 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 the Lord isn't concerned about our diet. He's concerned about our walk with Him. So accept Him whose faith is weak without passing judgment on disputable matters. Okay. One man's faith allows him to eat everything, but another man whose faith is weak eats only vegetables. And again, his faith is weak because the reason they're eating only vegetables is because, again, they don't feel the release in their conscience. They believe that they're doing wrong to God by, by eating certain meats or by eating pork um, or, you know, or, or certain kinds of fish or crab or shells um, or, or the things that the Old Testament said not to eat. And so, you know, their, their conscience is bothered. So this is not referring to someone, you know, who eats only vegetables just for, for purely health reasons. Okay. That, that's not a weak faith. It has nothing to do with faith at all. Does that make sense? Okay. Verse three, the man who eats everything must not look down on him who does not. And the man who does not eat everything must not condemn the man who does for God has accepted him. So do you see that? You see the, the, the relational aspects of this, okay? The man who eats everything must not look down on him who does not. So if you walk in the freedom of, you know, of the grace of God and you know and you're certain and your faith is strong in the aspect that, that really the Lord has is, is opened up all food to you, okay? You can eat, you can eat anything you like, okay? Um, you know, uh, there is no restrictions from a religious standpoint or believing that God is more or less pleased with you based on what you eat, okay? You're, you're, you're fully walking in the grace and the freedom of, you know, of God that you've received in Christ when it comes to this. Um, but it's not for you uh, to look down on the person who eats only vegetables and says, you know, you're just, you're weak, you know, you're just, you don't understand, you're just, you know, you'll learn one day. It's not, it's not for us to be condescending or superior or have this attitude that, that we know better. Okay, and again, this is a, a real problem in the church today. As embarrassing that is as that is, I ask you to forgive us, Lord. Forgive me. The man who eats everything must not look down on him who does not, and the man who does not eat everything must not condemn the man who does. For God has accepted him. So you know, if you're one that that you know that that will only eat vegetables. And, and, you know, and your faith is weaker in that. And I will make a side point here. Pretty much everyone who has a weaker aspect of faith can never see it. Okay. Those who are weaker in faith don't know they're weaker in faith. They certainly don't often or generally believe they're weaker in faith. Right. One of the areas of maturity is where we can see the weaknesses and the various aspects of our walk. And, uh, you know, and, and again, this is a uh, this is epidemic in this church today. It's epidemic in church leadership today. That you know, it's it's very hard often when we have titles of you know of of church leader or minister or pastor or deacon or or elder to really see the weaknesses and the immaturities you know in our walk. We may be very sound leaders, very mature leaders in certain ways, but you know, we may be very immature in other ways. We may be very stubborn, we may be very willful, um, we may be very certain about our decisions and dispositions when we could we'll just we could often be wrong, right? Um, and so one of one of the one of the true marks of of of, of maturing in Jesus 
is even when we are leaders in the church, that we're able to recognize, you know, our weaknesses and, you know, and, and receive correction from other uh, brothers and sisters in Christ. And again, that can often be difficult. Um, and again, it, it is a, a, an immense problem in the church today that all of us have, as leaders need to do a better job um, in receiving correction from others and giving correction from others in a loving way, right? But it's not for us to condemn someone. So if you eat only vegetables and you believe you're more pleasing to God than that, you don't look at the person that just go ahead and eats everything and just look at him like they're a buffoon, right? And just say, look at you, you know, you don't, you don't care what you're eating, right? Um, and again, this is not speaking about diet here. If, if, if someone is, is eating in a terribly unhealthy way, um, then like my wife, okay, it, it is good for us to exhort people to, to eat in a more healthy way so that they're just, they're in a better physical condition, right? So they're not hurting themselves with a horrible diet. But that's not what speaking with Paul speaking about here. Paul is speaking about you're doing it for completely religious reasons, not for health reasons. It's okay to rebuke someone for eating bad for health reasons in a loving way. It's it's okay to to exhort your kids or your family or your friends or your brother and sisters in Christ to a healthy diet because you love them and care for them, right? That has nothing to do with their walk with Christ. It has to do with you wanting them to see a mo to live a longer you know, and more healthy and productive, you know, life, which it's my understanding that a better diet certainly does help, right? All right, verse four, <clears throat> who are you to judge someone else's servant? To his own master, he stands or falls and he will stand for the Lord is able to make him stand. So remember, now he's talking about on disputable matters here, okay? We are called to make judgments, right? The Apostle Paul in, uh, you know, 1 Corinthians 2 says that the spiritual man or the mature man of God, that's what spiritual means, makes judgments about all things. So in everything, beginning with ourselves, we have to call right, right and wrong, wrong. We're always making judgments, calling right, right and wrong, wrong. And the Bible is clear on, again, 98% of all things on what's right and what's wrong. Okay. Um, <clears throat> the vast majority of the things are not disputable matters. Uh, lying is wrong. That's not a disputable matter. Um, you know, uh, stealing is wrong. That's not a disputable ma matter. Uh, matter. Contempt is wrong. Unforgiveness is wrong. These are not disputable matters, okay? Um, sexual immorality is wrong. That's not a disputable matter. Um, anger and vengeance is wrong. These aren't disputable matters, okay? So when he says, who are you to judge someone else's servant? He's saying, number one, it's not for us to ever be judgmental, condemning, superior, or critical, okay? We are to lovingly make judgments. And if someone is living in a, in a way that's clearly contrary and in disobedience to the word of God and they're in our fellowship, then yes, it is our job to exhort them. Obviously, we need to begin with ourselves and exhorting ourselves in the areas of our life where, where we're not living in line with the clear teaching of the Bible, right? Um, but when he says, who are you to judge someone else's servant? Again, if it's a disputable matter, it's not for you to pass judgment. Okay. To his own master, he stands or falls. Who's his master? Jesus. Who's our master? Jesus. And what is he saying? Paul is saying he's going to stand 
in the day of salvation. He's going to go to heaven. This has nothing to do with our, with our salvation. Who are you to judge someone else's servant? So Paul is saying, listen, a judgment is coming, but it's not for us to do it. Okay. It's not for us to be judgmental or critical or even to make, to be passing judgments on matters that are disputable. Okay. Um, who are you to judge someone else's servant? To his own master, he stands or falls and he will stand for the Lord is able to make him stand. So maybe for you, you're not doing it about food, but maybe, maybe that church is the way they do music over there. You don't like, or the way that they, you know, the way that they engage in the spiritual gifts, maybe you don't, you don't like that. And that is a disputable matter as well. Um, you know, um, you don't like the way that that church, you know, that, 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 that coffee bar is too good. You don't like the way that the sanctuary is, you know, the, and so these are all disputable matters that, that Jesus will handle. Okay. Jesus is our master. Jesus is our judge. Verse five, one man considers one day more sacred than another. Another man considers every day alike. Each one should be fully convinced in his own mind. Okay. So now Paul's moved from, you know, from, from food to where, you know, now there are people who still believe that one day is more sacred than another. Another man considers every day alike. Each one should be fully convinced in his own mind. And again, the one with the, the stronger faith, so to speak, knows that in Jesus Christ, the, of all, the 365 days a year, that, 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 that every one of those days is a day for Jesus. Every one of those days is to wake up living for Jesus, loving for Jesus, giving for Jesus, and forgiving for Jesus. All right? So, you know, but for, for many people, they they still think that, that Sunday is a more special day or they're more holy days. Or, you know, we may think that, you know, Easter Sunday or, or Christmas Day is a more special day. And again, in our traditions, it's it's fine to... You know, to that, that our heart thinks about Jesus and we're, you know, on Easter Sunday and on Christmas Day and we have these traditions. But ultimately, all of us should understand that every single day we ought to be, you know, spending time growing to be more and more like Jesus, growing to spend time with him, growing to obey him um, and growing to walk with him. Okay. One day is not more important when it comes to that. One day is not more important when it comes to fellowshipping together. Okay. Every day we ought to be in fellowship with one another, not just on Sundays or Saturdays or Wednesdays or whenever we do church, right? And whatever day you do church, one of those days isn't better than the other. But one man considers one day more sacred than another. Another man considers every day alike. Each one should be fully convinced in his own mind. Verse six, he who regards one day as special does so to the Lord. He who eats meat eats to the Lord for he gives thanks to God. And he who abstains does so to the Lord and gives thanks to God. Okay, so you see here that Paul is saying that even the one that, that, that eats only vegetables, he's still thanking Jesus that he has these vegetables. And so good comes out of it. So his faith is weaker in the aspect that he hasn't really come to fully, you know, incorporate the full grace of God when it comes to his freedom to eat whatever he or she wants. But at the same time, in his abstinence, He's doing it in thankfulness to Jesus, and that's a good thing. So it's not for us to condemn them or judge them, right? He who likes going out and getting that coffee at the coffee bar, which I'm going to say right now, I like having my coffee at the church, okay? I bring mine in normally, but if there's a cup of coffee out there, I normally snag it 
truth be told. Okay, I'm a coffee man. Um, but you know, if if you think that coffee bar is a terrible distraction, and you know, and people aren't paying attention, you know what? Let, let, let the Lord handle that, right? Because hopefully the guy going to get his coffee, I am thankful for the coffee. Thank you, Jesus, for that coffee. So again, he who regards one day as special does so to the Lord. He who eats meat eats to the Lord, for he gives thanks to God. And he who abstains does so to the Lord and gives thanks to God. So when if you're someone that walks in the grace of God and you're eating all the meat, well, you ought to be thankful to Jesus for that. So don't condemn the guy that eats whatever he wants or the, the gal that eats whatever she wants. Um, and the, and the one that thinks that, you know, that Sunday's the most special day, um, or Saturday's the most special day, you know what? Bless them. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Okay. Um, they're thankful to Jesus that it's a Saturday. Um, and that, you know, to them that day is special. It's a disputable matter. Let's, let's, let's not be judgmental and critical and condescending. Let's not divide over, over disputable matters. And we have. I mean, we have 1,100 denominations in Christ. Let that sink in. 1,100. How many can you name? Like 10? There's 1,100. What are they? There's Methodists. There's Baptists. There's the Catholics. There's the Presbyterians. See, I'm already getting stuck. There's the Lutherans. There's the Anglicans. Um, there's the Pentecostals. Um, yeah. See what I mean? There's 1,100. So, yeah, we have gotten stuck. Now, we have to agree on the essentials. When the Bible is plain, we have to agree, okay? Um, you know, and so there, 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 when, it, when it comes to, to matters that are certain and clear in Scripture, then we, then we have to stand on the truth of Scripture. But on disputable matters, we, let's not be passing judgment. Help us, Lord Jesus, and again, let's be thankful to God wherever we are. Let's be thankful to Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Verse 7. For none of us lives to himself alone, and none of us dies to himself alone. Verse 8. If we live, we live to the Lord. And if we die, we die to the Lord. So whether we live or die, we belong to the Lord. It's all about Jesus. Okay? No one lives to himself alone, and no one dies to himself alone. Your days are not are not your own, okay? You are one with Jesus Christ, okay? You were bought at a price. Jesus purchased you, 1 Corinthians 6. I think it's around verse 20. Um, and, you know, we're owned by Jesus. We don't live to ourselves alone. We live every day with and for Jesus. And we don't die to ourselves alone, okay? When we die, we die in Jesus and we go to be with Jesus, if we live, we live to the Lord. Our lives, like we start every one of these teachings, ought to be about growing to know Jesus. It's a good day to walk with Jesus, to know Jesus, to love him, to spend time with him, right? To repent where I'm, where I'm not spending time with him, to think about him. Man, if we live, we live to the Lord. And if we die, we die to the Lord. Okay? It's all about Jesus. Okay? Whether we're alive in this life or whether if we die and we go to heaven, it's all about being with Jesus. So whether we live or die, we belong to the Lord. Okay. So everything's about Jesus in this life. Okay. Um, it, it's not about your diet. It's, it's not about, you know, the food you're eating. It's not about what day it is. It's about living for the Lord in whatever you eat or whatever day it is. And if you happen to think, you know, that God is more pleased 
and you haven't come to that place of freedom, well, God bless you, okay? Just do it unto Jesus. And if you think that Sunday is a, you know, is a day that Jesus is more pleased that you're worshiping him, then you know what? Thank you, Jesus. God bless you. Worship, worship him with all your heart because it's about Jesus, okay? Let that day be about Jesus. And if you're someone that's walking in the grace of God and you fully understand that, Every day is a good day to be living for Jesus, loving for Jesus, giving for Jesus, and forgiving for Jesus. Then God bless you. Thank you, Lord Jesus, because we live to the Lord Jesus and we die to the Lord Jesus. Look at verse nine. For this very reason, Christ died and returned to life so that he might be the Lord of both the dead and the living. Wow. What does that mean? You, that just gave the reason. For this very reason, Christ died and returned to life. So when, they, when Christ came into this world, lived his perfect life, died on the cross, and then raised from the dead, Paul says it was that he did that so that he might be the Lord of both the dead and the living. So in, in living in this, becoming a man and living and dying, right, and, and then being resurrected from the dead, he's the Lord of all those who are living still presently, and he's the Lord of all those who have died and gone into the next life. Pow, pow. Whew. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Verse 10, you then, why do you judge your brother? Or why do you look down on your brother? For we will all stand before God's judgment seat. You don't have to do that. I, we don't need to be looking down on anybody because Paul is letting us know right here. Let me tell you, we will all stand before God's judgment seat. That's going to make somebody uncomfortable right there. You then, why do you judge your brother? And again, when he's talking here, he's talking about being He's not talking about making a judgment. Again, we have to make judgments about what's right and wrong. Okay, we do it all day long. You know, we have to call right, right and wrong, wrong. We have to make a judgment about everything, beginning with ourselves, right? And then, you know, lovingly with others. But, but we're not to be judgmental or condescending or critical or superior or just have an air like, you know, we got it all figured out. You then, why do you judge your brother? Or why do you look down on your brother? Okay, don't look down on folks for this. For we will all stand before God's judgment seat. It is written, verse 11, as surely as I live, says the Lord, every knee will bow before me. Every tongue will confess to God. You see that? That's the judgment seat of Christ. Second uh, Corinthians 5.10, all of us will appear before the judgment seat of Christ. All of us will go before Jesus and be rewarded for our works. We don't get to heaven by anything we've done, but only by trusting Jesus. But our reward in heaven, our position in heaven, and how we'll experience heaven will be com completely dependent on how we lived our life and on our works and our devotion to Jesus in this life. It is written, Paul quotes here, and he's quoting Isaiah 45, 23, as surely as I live, says the Lord. Jesus is saying, as surely as I am alive, every knee will bow before me. Every tongue will confess to God. Verse 12, so then each of us will give an account of himself to God. And, and, and that's a sobering message here. Okay, so we don't need to be passing judgment on disputable matters. Okay, every one of us is going to stand before Jesus and give an account to him for how we lived our lives. And that, that really ought to, ought to drive every one of us to really uh, just a, a more sober judgment, to be more graceful to others, and again, to not be cynical, 
to not be condescending, to not look down on our brothers and sisters in Christ, um, to not have an attitude of superiority. Okay. Um, but to just to undisputable matters, let's just, you know, let's just love one another. And again, if someone's faith is weak in something, we accept them, we love them, we encourage them. And again, we need to do a better job in seeing the weaknesses in our own walk with Jesus. So Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your mercy, your favor, your goodness, and your grace on our lives, Lord. Father, I ask you to forgive us, forgive me, Lord, where I have passed judgment on disputable matters, Father. Um, Lord, I thank you, Lord, that, uh, that to his own master he stands or falls, and he will stand, Lord Jesus, for you are able to make him or her stand. It's you, Lord Jesus, that makes us stand firm in our salvation, and we thank you for that. Father, we worship you and we thank you today. Holy Spirit, we ask you to seal this message to our hearts now. In Jesus' name, amen and amen.